Welcome back to MessCast. It is Tuesday, the 8th of June, and um, the weather is expressing how I feel. You might hear that thunder in the background. It's been a hell of a day. I had some plans to go out to my folks' house, hang out with my nieces and nephews, uh, do a little out-night camping thing, hang out, uh, talk some logistics with my dad about his bus, When I went out to my vehicle to go to their house, I realized there was a breeze in what should otherwise be a pretty hot car on a day like this, only to find out that somebody had busted out the back window. And I have like an SUV type vehicle, so it's not a small window. Um, Glass shards all over my camping stuff. Uh, Just a real big mess to clean up. Not a cheap fix, because I only have liability insurance. Now, this isn't a random occurrence, because my roommate's car has been targeted twice, different windows, and, uh, fuck's sake. And so we thought it was just the make and model type of vehicle. So he moved it off the street and put it in the driveway. The thing about my house is I don't live across from other houses. I live across from a park. So there's not like a lot of eyes on the house unless there are people in the park. We don't already contemplated a week ago about getting a camera. But that didn't happen. So when I go out there and I find this, it just triggers me. It just I don't have a lot of worthwhile things and I didn't keep anything of value in my vehicle. So it's just like very disruptive, not only to my life, my plans, my billfold, or the kindness of people around me. Um, It's just, it's lame. It's really lame. And they say they can't get my car in until next Tuesday to change the window. Luckily we had an extra tarp lying around Um, and now I'm in the driveway. I went to my dowsing rods to ask some questions because three times the charm, in my opinion. And while I was doing this, I was reminded of something that happened to me, uh, I believe it was last summer when I was at my grandma's house, I kept finding grocery bags, plastic grocery bags with cat poop being thrown into my backyard and I was like who would do this who would freaking do this it upset me um because it happened more than once but the third time I caught it and it ended up being a seven-year-old living across the alleyway it's her younger sister's job to pick up the poop and I think her younger sister was like three or four to clean out the litter box Well, the older sister was taking the bag out of the trash and then throwing it into my yard. And when I caught her, I went to the family's house, promptly walked over there and was like, hey. And so they figured it out and how to talk with their children because they weren't going to admit it right there to me while their mom was there. They had to wait until dad got home, right? I think a day later, they come over to the house the girls have written apology notes 
and have had to write out several times. I will not throw cat poop into other people's yards like 20 times or whatever. And I just got down on my knees to their eye level and I gave the talk that said, you know, I forgive you, but I want you to think of it like this. It's like, I felt like somebody is after me or trying to be mean to me on purpose and I haven't done anything to anyone. And so how would you feel if I took my cat's poop and I just stored it around your bedroom and one day you came home and it, it stunk? And you didn't know where it came from. You don't know who put it there. But it's there. And now you have to deal with it. How would that make you feel? And they they thought about it and were like, yeah, that wouldn't be great. Duh. But I accepted their apology. I forgave them. And I really think that that was probably a learning experience. So, whatever is happening on this block, in my opinion... Um, seems like very juvenile behavior and the hardest thing about it is like not knowing exactly what's going on is that's what bothers our mind and the first thing that I wished was a very uncomfortable future with a lot of hang-ups for whoever did this to me but that's not really the direction I want to go that's not really the type of person I am I made jokes that if it you know I've got my shepherd's crook I can beat the crap out of them, whatever. That's not my reality. I wouldn't do that unless, you know, it was an adult. But if if it's a child, if it truly is a juvenile, we're talking on a different level. So I pulled out my dowsing rods and started to ask some questions about the incidences. So far as I can tell by yeses and nos is that all of the windows have been broken by the same people, that there are two, Caucasian, male, around the age of 15, good families, not bad families, Uh, and that it was done with a wrench, really playing clue here, because I asked if it was a baseball bat, because it kind of looked like it could have been, or a rock, no, no, I asked if it was a tool, I got a yes, I asked if it was a hammer, I got a no, I asked if it was a wrench, I got a yes, and I know that like, If your pants are big enough, it'd be super easy to slip a wrench in your pocket and just keep walking on your way. The thing that bothers me about this entire incident is that it happened somewhere between 1 in the afternoon and 4 in the afternoon. And that I live directly across from a park, and today was a really beautiful day. There were a lot of people in the park. Um, None of my neighbors have cameras pointing the direction of where we park. But there were people hanging out on this side of the park and so I'm sure maybe somebody saw something I don't know uh school's out this stuff seems to always happen when school is out so what I wish now for the perpetrators is that they feel an immense amount of grief about what they've done so much so that they have to call themselves out and one of them's either going to rat out the other one or one of them's just going to feel bad enough to admit what they did and that the authorities will be contacted as I've already contacted the authorities to put in a report not that it helps anything because no cameras no no proof right 
in my life, I don't know anybody capable of doing something like this because I don't know people this destructive. Like, I'm 40 years old. Most of my friends are full-grown adults, and they value what they have. They know how much it costs to replace an item if it's damaged. A child doesn't understand that until something important is taken away from them and they have to earn it back or buy it back or replace it. And a 15-year-old might not have that if their family is a good family and just gives them what they want and is maybe entangled either with somebody who is more destructive or they're more destructive and they have an accomplice who's maybe the more um, resistant or like, you know, maybe vulnerable in some way where they're, you know, feel accepted by this other person and they find them in a leadership role and just tag along to do destructive things. This was the case with my cousin and my brother. My brother was always sort of reticent about doing bad things, but if he was around people who were provocative enough, he definitely would get pulled into the activity and do things that he knew were not good. So, in saying this out loud, I want to say that I will have forgiveness, but I think that a lesson needs to be learned, and this can't keep happening. We can't keep having our windows broken out. At the point of this, by the time I get mine fixed, and the other two will be around $1,500 and just broken windows because of somebody being an asshat. This is unnecessary. It doesn't need to keep occurring. So, may the winds of will reach the souls and intentions of these people and let them take this opportunity to get on a different path by being honest with what they've done and making reconciliation. I think that if we all act in accordance that way in the world, we'd have a lot less problems. And there's definitely forgiveness for children who don't know better and how do you learn. Now, I don't know how easy somebody else would be on them, but I would be like, you have to come over here and do the dirtiest work. You have to do these jobs to, to basically pay me back in the sense that you are willing to do something different to make up for what you've done. Um, but it's been a really janky kind of day in the sense of, I mean, it, this just made me feel sick to my stomach. It made me feel uh, vulnerable because now I've got a big fucking broken window in my vehicle and like I lock everything up. I never have anything of value in there, but my car is my freedom and my ability to get around in that way. And this didn't just jack up my plans for today. This jacked up my world for at least a week until I can get it fixed. And it's also the rundown effect of it affecting other people. <laughs> because, you know, instead of me going out to my folks' house, my dad came out here to see what was going on. And because I was too stressed out and f freaking out about the incident, 
I didn't have the composure to make the phone calls that it takes to call the, uh, the window places or the dealership. And so my roommate did that for me and he made the phone call to the police so that we could put in the report and that's all we can do, right? It's just, it's probably considered vandalism. Um, but all we can do is report it because we have no proof of anything. And then my roommate is like, but what if you did it? And I'm like, why would I ruin my own stuff? I find so much value in the things that I have that are worthwhile to me. And freedom, the ability to drive, is really important to me. Why would I break my own window, especially knowing I only have liability insurance and it's going to be a big pain in the ass to fix? I wouldn't do it. Just like I wouldn't suspect anybody I know of targeting me or him for this kind of behavior. It's disconcerting, mostly because this is a pretty safe, I'd say, neighborhood. It's a pretty nice neighborhood. I mean, it's not top tier, but it's pretty nice. And the people who live around us are very kind people. So... Little people, young people, whoever you are who did this, I just call to your heart that you own up to being destructive and take responsibility in whatever form that takes um, to make amends and to hopefully learn something important through this that will kick your consciousness into gear that says... I don't want to be that kind of person. Because nobody wants to be friends, actually, with that kind of person. Honestly. Thank you for your time. And remember, uh, not every day is this bad. And I know that I probably sound like I'm complaining a lot or something on this podcast. But it's just a way for me to get things out of my system that would otherwise drive me crazy. So... Cheers to you, and may your evening be bright, your day be sunny, and the wind always at your back. It is now 3.46 in the morning on the 9th of June. This is Broken Window Part 2. So as I contemplated the day and worked out aggression and anger and saw the reactions of people around me, I'd have to say that my dad's best reaction, or my dad's reaction, was the best. He was calm, cool, collected, and considerate. The thing that I need to work on is I immediately went into a flux of how do I deal with this? But I've had to deal with very intense situations in my life regarding the welfare of other people and I always snap to it and I know what to do. I know the calls I have to make, I know the tone I have to have, I know the composure I have to keep. And for whatever reason, in my situation today, I didn't have that. 
I didn't have that initially, and I didn't have it actually until the police officer arrived to take the statement. I tried to keep it mellow, but I was pissed and upset. My first job as a lifeguard was to be involved with first responders and to be able to give the information, the facts, the observations in a report. And I'm familiar with this. And so somehow, some way, uh, there is a trigger in me that once first responders or um, authority get involved, then I have to snap into that place. And uh, the officer that came was very nice and congenial. He was actually apologetic because he had driven by the house a couple times and he... I guess he wasn't one to get the call to stop. I don't know. Probably in his mid-50s. Um, but just a really nice guy. Like, asking good questions. Writing them down in his tiny little notebook. <sighs> How I wish I would have responded with is more appropriate than what I did, which is just repetitive behavior. Um, I should have, when I realized what the problem was, made the phone call myself to report the incident. I'd probably still wake up my roommate to let them know. And then I should have said, or did what I did next, which is uh, get a hold of my dad, because that's where I was planning on going, is to my folks' house. I should have contacted him and said, there's a bigger delay than I thought, just me being slow. This is what it is. How about you just come get me and we'll figure it out. And not really emotionally disrupt my own day and the day of people around me the way that the incident made me feel. I could have still just gone and done stuff if I had more control in my senses about um, just getting upset about things. I constantly have this thing or feeling inside of me jumps me into um, 
anger, I almost want to say hyper rage. It's like I don't understand why this is happening and it brings up a bunch of other stuff. It's what they call a triggering event. I wish that I had more control over myself to see it as this is something I can't fix today. I can only do what I can do. And then why should that stop me or impede me in any way from going forward into what I want to do, what my plans are? So I'm like, okay, so tomorrow, or today rather, do I call my dad and say, hey, can you just come pick me up and I'll deal with the car when I have to deal with it? but I want to spend time with y'all and the kids and this is a really great time for that and whatever happens with the weather happens because today went from beautiful to oh now we have a flood warning and potentially thunderstorms that are gonna pelt hail that will damage your car and down trees find shelter um that I just would have had a better time overall hanging out and saying this is a material problem with material solutions I acknowledge it's not happening today it has to be worked out soon why should my life be put on hold over something at the end of the day is probably pretty inconsequential my dad tried to kind of tell me this while we were scooping up broken glass a story about my mom getting gifted a thunderbird from her uncle and then some young kid in his words drunk driving hit it and totaled it and I think kind of what he was saying in that situation is it is easy come easy go if you have that perspective and this is the same person who gifted me this vehicle easy come don't know how easy it is for him he worked he's worked very hard in his life and life is different for him now uh, based off of life circumstances but I didn't work for that shit you know and I don't know a while ago he was like that's what dads are for and I'm just like ah I mean, you're breaking constructs in my brain here, guy. Because, yeah, I understand you're my dad, but I also understand that you you raised me to be a person, to be as self-sufficient as possible, and I feel like a total failure there. Um, but it's like, what is too much to ask? 
Now, if a person truly loves you, there is probably no mountain high enough, you know? You can ask for the stars and they'll try and get them for you. And if they can't get them for you, they'll at least find that website where you can, like, name a star and give you a certificate. And then they're like, this is the best I could do. Uh, I really don't like asking for help, but I know I need it. And I'm taking, like, for whatever reason, I feel that I've taken on the guilt of the person who did a thing that they shouldn't have done. And I don't want that. I don't claim it. So if anything, just talking out loud right now, I'm rescinding any sort of attachment to whatever happened in my vehicle. Like, it's all back on you, person. And either stand up for it and take responsibility or you have to fall into the trap of making a lot of repetitive mistakes before you feel like rock bottom and things should be different yourself. These are common themes in psychology, but also in spirituality. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. And so this shows me so many things. It's nice out. I don't want a broken window. It's nice out. Um, As I said in my previous post, this stuff always seems to happen when kids are out of school. So, you know, parents are at work or whatever and they're just out, they're able to hang out. And if their parents aren't hardy on a, you know, curfew, Sometimes the stuff happens at night. Sometimes the stuff happens during the day. I just, I want people to claim, claim their malice, claim their, their, um, failure. And then hopefully have grace in consideration if they're genuine if you want to change things it's best to be genuine about the reason you're doing it and in my case the only reason I want whoever did this to be genuine is because that's the world that I want to live in Like, do you think I like the idea of gallows or people being slaughtered for um, things they potentially could change or maybe we're not even totally guilty of but we're accessory to? No, not at all. I want people to have the opportunity to actually retroflect and be sincere about it 
and this is what repentance is is to acknowledge one's behavior turn away from it and commit to not doing it again and I know that biblically it seems really hard to like step into repentance because every day we do stuff that is counterbalance um, to our integrity I think even if it's the tiny white lie in greater situations where these statutes have been set of transgressing another person those are very important because we keep raising generations of children and it's the example we want to set to be the world we want to live in I want people to realize that forgiveness is a potential if it's gonna happen it's probably gonna happen in your childhood and if it doesn't happen in your childhood why would you ever believe it existed anyway but also offering the opportunity to turn away and do something different how you get to that place I think depends on your your surroundings and the people talking to you and like what is that tutelage what does it matter why would you integrate um, things maybe you didn't have before because of the experience it's almost done I've spent enough hours thinking about this and the elusive entity, person, who is somehow entangled in my brain space because they, uh, essentially what they did is they stepped into one of my energetic boundaries. And I don't take energetic boundaries lightly. still open to forgiveness and leave space for learning but this cannot happen again this is not okay this is not acceptable and I would like to see that the spirit behind this choose to turn and acknowledge that their derelict behavior is unacceptable and unappreciated and ultimately not worth not worth what they were doing like it might just be $400 to me but I want them to realize in their soul that doing that to other people in the monetary sense it's $400 what is material but in the emotional sense it's not worth it and that if I'm being pulled for, from because of my uh, energy today my loosh that it's poisonous to whoever's consuming it because na 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 you don't get to take my energy that way and not pay a price on some level you don't
deep down, peace is always with me, and I hope that it's always with you. It is currently Tuesday, June 10th, about 6.54 in the evening, and I'm really contemplating, um just the failures of the system yet again like it never ends i i've been obsessed about the failures of the system since i was in the seventh grade which is just that's a lot of years i mean you're like what 12 13 in seventh grade i'm 40 that's a lot of years to be just shaking your head at things that you feel like you can't change and now especially being an adult and having friends who've had the same feeling over their lifetime have purposely gone into certain career paths or interests in order to really save the world or maybe just one person at a time. Um, the returns on this are just wackadoodle do. So I think it's just, it's crazy, right? I can get a good driver discount and I don't go very far anymore. Um, and I'm not a bad driver. I don't put myself in crazy risky situations as much as I did when I was younger. But with the broken window situation, you'd think that the insurance company would be like, well, I mean, you haven't called us in for anything yet on your liability. Maybe we can uh, put some of that toward you know, your window, but you can't post claim things. So you can't go in and up your liability uh, coverage to having window coverage or comprehensive coverage and have the event have already happened. It will only be applied forward in the future. So part of me is like, okay, do I put the $50 deductible down and increase my insurance by hundred and sixty two dollars um just in case it happens again because if I am parked on a street and somebody is targeting the house or the vehicles in front of the house is it worth it um I don't know man I don't know but it seems like all of these systems that were built to make us think that they were helping us are actually hurting us and keeping us in really tired cycles of dysfunction and I've tried to live a pretty simple life which means that I purposely ignored some things that other people um, have to be aware of because of the way that they live their life and I guess the reason I'm thinking about this which is you're like okay you're gonna connect two dots that I don't know that you can um, I was listening to a podcast by Stephanie Harlow, who has a really great true crime channel, and she was uh, discussing what happened to the 215 missing indigenous children from Canada that were found in this grave site. And so she started going into the history of colonization and how these people were not viewed to be living their best life because they lived it simply. And these are all, you know, 
it's how you want to look at it. Like they brought in the different clothing, they and then they sent these kids off to reservation schools basically to indoctrinate them into Western Europeanism and to pull as much out of their indigenous culture that they had through their own lineage out of them. And a bunch of kids died. A bunch of kids were scooped off the road and just picked up and their families didn't even know where they went or what happened to them, if they were okay. And oftentimes, even if there was a residential school near where the child was picked up, and these children were as young as three years old, would be taken hundreds, if not thousands of miles away so that they couldn't be found. Our systems are not meant for our best well-being. In a system that works with um, people, I don't think we'd have to be spending days and maybe weeks, if not months, trying to get a solution to something we obviously see as a problem that can be addressed and worked on in a quicker moment. And so, like, one place, um, it's going to be a week before my vehicle can get in to be seen, and that's cheaper. Or I could go to the dealership and pay twice as much and have it done quicker. Or I can look at these other subsidiaries and try and find a coupon and see if there's any price differential, if the reviews are any good, da-da-da-da-da. I think most people would suggest just spend more take less time with it, take it to the dealership. But that's not taking into account people's monetary status. And like I said, I was running on liability insurance. Why was I running on liability insurance? Because I'm a good, safe driver and I don't drive very far or often anymore. But I mean, that could change. And if that does change, I would probably change my... um, my insurance, except for the fact that I've always had the sort of mentality that you should drive a vehicle like you don't own it, that it belongs to somebody else and that you respect it as that property. My view on that is because for a long time, my insurance was through my father and his name was on the vehicle. And so I drove it like my dad would respect that I drove it well. And the problems that I had, you know, couldn't be covered by the insurance that I had because it was liability. And generally, it wasn't that bad. I, the only quote-unquote collision I've ever been in was days after I got my driver's license. And let me tell you, if you get into an accident shortly after you get your driver's license, you really pay attention to how you should be driving. And my 20s was me pushing the limits of vehicles on roads that they weren't supposed to be on because I like the back country and I was driving a little Chevy Malibu didn't have a terribly high clearance but it had front wheel drive and it got me where I needed to be there's something to be said about keeping things simple which is where I draw it back to the indigenous people is you know if they chose to be nomadic they used their body to get there And if they chose to be stable, they found a place that could serve them with their needs that they felt like 
the environment was plentiful in feeding them. The systems that we have in the world now that tell us, oh, this is in your best interest, just try and take our wealth, try and mitigate our freedom, discredit us for saying, no, that doesn't work for me. I think that there must be a better solution. They take those solutions, they crap on them, they put them on the outskirts, and essentially, um, as Stephanie Harlow put it, the word assimilation is disgusting because it means that the world doesn't value the way that you live because you're not assimilated. And I would say that I'm kind of an I'm an assimilate unassimilated assimilated person. I was off the grid for years without having bank accounts. Still don't have a legitimate bank account of my own. I have a business bank account that's shared with a partner in that way. But I like to keep it simple. And if you go about the world like you're not out to hurt anyone or anything and that you tread lightly, that hopefully that would come back in some sort of karmic respect and so that this situation doesn't make sense to me uh, because that's how I live but that I'm more upset I guess about the systems in place that are just simply we're told this is in your best interest and it really isn't I think that we could find better solutions if we got those systems out of the way Um, but I can't do that you know like I'm not big enough strong enough impactful enough to do any of that. Why? Because I can't even fucking get out of bed until 2, 3, 4, 5 in the afternoon these days. Oh, business hours are over. Over. So you can't integrate with that system or assimilate with that system if you don't live the hours that it exists within. And when you get isolated from your community and you have very little networking, you have very little people to step out and say, hey, I'd like to help you. And this is what I what I would like back from you. Like being bold enough to say what we want or what we need, and then also being willing to compensate um, equilaterally, because everybody finds worth and importance in different things. And you know, really, the systems that run on money just run on money. So if you don't have money, you don't get the service. If you don't have the insurance or the money to pay for the insurance, you don't get the service. And me, by putting liability on myself, is just like, okay, I could keep paying and paying and paying until I die and never get into a situation where liability is needed and they just take my money. But there isn't, you can't talk to a real person with compassion who can work the system and say, well, gee, I see how much you've put in and how much you haven't used. You've used nothing from us. Why can't we take that, redirect some of it into the service, the help that I need? Maybe then I have to bump up my service or I just have to continue on being the way it was being and hope that nothing else happens that would require another, you know, trunk load of cash. 
Um, I think that with COVID, some companies got a little bit more lenient, but we're seeing how that also isn't working for people because now things have just been delayed for them, which means that this, this service is either trusting that you compensate for what you couldn't compensate for, meaning you're already behind, or that you're going to default and then you're either going to lose the service that you have or be taken to collections, which is going to take a person who's already behind even further behind. I don't know what they're trying to fucking turn us into, but it does feel like Ottoman robot type people. Because big commerce has no compassion. Honestly, it's just stuff in paperwork. And you gotta follow the rules. There is no leniency. And it's, I I mean, even the court system gives you a little bit more leniency than corporations with contractual laws that if you use their service, you agree to abide to. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for now. I do encourage you to continue to, um, check this out, even if it's just mind-boggling or depressing or makes you want to kick something, maybe you, you can do something that I can't do in a different way that I can't see, or you see something that I don't see in a different way that I'm not at. Uh, keep following Madge Midgley on Instagram if you're doing that. Uh, my pictures there are better than my attitude at times here in the verbal spectrum. Like, I would love to be on here talking about high, heady, um, wonderful things that just leave you walking away feeling joy. Sadly, I think that they are things that you're either going to look at like this bitch just complains all the time or um, sadness, just an overall sadness in the world. And that sucks. It's not what I'm here for. It's not what I want. I'm working on it every day. May peace be with you. May the wind always be at your back. May the birds not poop in your visual cortex of your windshield. And... May the squirrels be gentle if they jump on you. Cheers. <laughs>